I'm visiting all 30 stadiums in one season to uncover the hidden stories that make baseball America's pastime. Rounding third with Manish Jane. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Rounding Third with Manish Jane. Today's episode, the Houston Astros and Minute Maid Park. Now, before I get into this episode, I'm forced to ask one more time. Where is the sky? (laughs) Why is this the third stadium in 10 where I see no clouds above? I see no blue sky above my head. I feel no sun blazing down on my skin. Where is the sky? I understand, Houston. You take pride in your air conditioning. I was told by no less than three people that Houston is the number one air-conditioned city on planet Earth. They take a lot of pride in that. And I understand that if you live here on a day-to-day basis, it must be a little bit miserable to go outside in that hot and humid sun. But it was about 87, 88 degrees in Houston, and they closed the roof. I actually went back and I checked out how often they closed the roof. And pretty much from the months of April until almost September, virtually every single day, they just go ahead and close the roof. There's no reason to call this a retractable roof. It is just a domed stadium, completely climate controlled. And actually the point where I was kind of disappointed I didn't bring my jacket because I got a little bit of chilly inside the stadium. Now, we've got a lot to cover in this episode, including uh, an interview I did with a season ticket holder and his lovely family. So I will keep the following part as brief as humanly possible because I'm fully aware that you're frustrated with my frustration over watching baseball with the roof. So I'll just say, for those of you who have not heard those episodes, baseball should never be played inside. I understand why places like Seattle might need a retractable roof because if they didn't, they may never play a baseball game due to rain. But as I believe I've mentioned before, I was at the World Series in 2006 in Detroit when with hyperbole, it was about negative 300 degrees. Without hyperbole, it was probably about 34, 35 degrees out. And I was covered in long johns and four or five layers of clothes, but it was fantastic. They gave us hot cocoa, and it just added to the experience. I was in Baltimore a couple weeks ago, and it was 95 degrees, and I was sitting right in the sun in left field. For about two and a half hours, I was just baking. But they gave us glasses of ice to cool down. There was cold beer. There was ice cream. That's part of the experience. All right, so that's it. Please, Houston, stop closing your roof. They have this thing, I believe, that's called the 65-85 rule, where if it's under 65 or over 85, they close the roof. Let me say that again. If it's under 65, if it's 62 degrees, apparently they're going to close the roof, which is, (laughs) that, that hurts my brain. I don't understand that. And if it's over 85, they're going to close the roof. 85 is such an arbitrary number that it's going to be 85 there every day of the summer. Why even have a retractable roof? I mean, for me, I think it should be 4595 or 4505, to be honest with you. But that's fine. I don't live there. I don't have to go to every game there. So I get it. For comfort's sake, you close the roof for the people that have to work there. But I'm telling you, Houston, that's not baseball. All right. Enough of my, my nonsense. We're going to get into the actual park now. Uh, this was actually the first ballpark that I did the official tour at, the stadium tour 
where you pay a little bit of money and you get a little bit of a behind the scenes tour. And I'm a little bit disappointed in myself that I haven't been doing it thus far. To be honest with you, I don't know why I haven't been doing it so far. I just, I really haven't had that much time. But I've, I've now, I think at this point, decided that for the rest of my tour, uh, my personal tour, I will be trying to figure out how I can work in doing the official uh, paid stadium tour at each one of the following parks. Uh, you get a lot of great history about the, the ballpark. You get to walk in the press boxes and the luxury boxes. Here in Houston, unfortunately, we weren't able to uh, jump on the field, but um, I've done these tours before, and for most of them, you get to go and hang out in the dugout or um, in the bullpens, or just you get to, to see things that normally you wouldn't be able to see. As this was a last-minute uh, occurrence for me, I actually did their early bird uh, tour as opposed to their official tour. So this one was less about checking out the dugout and whatnot and more about just hearing a little bit of history from the stadium. This is a stadium that doesn't have too much history quite yet. It was built in 2000, but in that short amount of time, they have gone through their fair share of stadium names. Um, it's fitting that this episode follows my Kauffman Stadium episode where I waxed poetic about how wonderful it was that that was a park named after an actual human being who uh, had an impact on Kansas City baseball in Ewing Kauffman, the gentleman who actually founded the Kansas City Royals and brought Major League Baseball to KC. But here in Houston, they unfortunately have gone the complete opposite direction. And I'm just going to quickly run down the list of names. Um, now, keep in mind, it's now 2013. The stadium was built in 2000. So at first, they were called the Ballpark at Union Station. That's actually not bad. I kind of like that. The Ballpark at Union Station. One of the entrances to the ballpark these days is actually the former lobby of the original Union Station built in 1911. Sadly, that name did not last very long because... Same year, in 2000, the name changed from the ballpark at Union Station to Enron Field. I'm not going to get into it. Insert your own joke here. Yes, this ballpark was formerly known as Enron Field for a very brief moment in time, from about 2000 to 2002. We all know why it's no longer called that, so we'll just move on. After that, it changed to Astros Field. Now, I've always been a little bit partial to team name stadium, team name field, team name park, etc. Um, being a Detroit boy, there are still times where I refer to Comerica Park as Tiger Stadium. But Astros Field, I like it. Now, unfortunately, that did not last very long, much like the ballpark at Union Station. In 2001, it was called Astros Field. And in 2002, the naming rights were sold to Minute Maid. So since 2002 now, this is called Minute Maid Park. Now, the contract, I believe, is signed through something like 2030. So hopefully, it looks like for the next couple of decades, we're just going to stick to Minute Maid Park, and that's fine. I mean, in an era where corporate naming rights are just a part of the culture, I guess Minute Maid Park is okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the one thing that does kind of make me laugh a little bit is that they have a train uh, up in the concourse that we've all seen, hopefully, on television that will go back and forth during Astros home runs. Now, the sad part is that during the days that it was called Enron Field, the back of the train was filled with coal. 
You know, there were big chunks of coal that were uh, in the uh, train compartment there. But since renaming the field Minute Maid Park, they painted them all orange. And I say this with no shame whatsoever. It took me a solid four innings. And then I actually had to ask someone sitting next to me, why are there giant pumpkins in the train? Before I realized, oh, (laughs) oranges, Minute Maid oranges. I get it. Still, they look like giant pumpkins, so get on that, Minute Maid Park. But I'm getting ahead of myself. They still have some references to the old energy company, Enron. In the center field concourse, there is the home run pump. It's this big uh, old-fashioned gas pump that lists the number of Astros home run since this park's inception. I'm not entirely sure why they continue to have this, uh, I guess, reference to a time when they were named by the disgraced energy company. But regardless, I actually really like the idea of having a cool little gimmick there to track home runs or, you know, maybe you could do something to track hits or strikeouts or something like that. But I really like the home run pump, actually. I'm more just uh, razzing them a little bit because, come on, you were named after Enron for a couple of years. You're going to probably hear that for, for quite a long time. But moving on, this is yet another one of the parks that really inspired me to do the 30 Stadium Tour to begin with. I have always gotten a huge kick out of watching people play on this field. And now that Houston is in the American League, I'll be able to see them a lot more. So for those of you who may not know much about Minute Maid Park, I will get into why it is such a unique uh, field in a moment. But this is essentially why I love baseball stadiums. I've mentioned in a previous podcast about my lovely brother-in-law and how my sister somehow found the only man on the planet who has never seen a Major League Baseball game and married him. I love this man. I love my sister. And I'm actually super excited because on this very tour, I will be taking him to his first ever Major League Baseball game so we can hear about that on a later podcast. The reason why I bring it up now is that uh, there was a day once when we were watching a game on television. And it was a little bit tough for him to wrap his mind around the fact that each one of these fields is so dramatically different. And, you know, and you forget sometimes. You know, I've been a baseball fan since you know, I was one years old. But you forget that for those of you who are uninitiated, for those of you who don't follow baseball, it is kind of a weird thing that every playing field is so dramatically different. Not just from the dimensions, but what is actually on the playing field itself. For example... Here in Houston, there is a 30-degree incline in center field. There is a hill that you have to run up in order to catch a ball. And located on that field is a flagpole that is in the field of play. I mean, to a football fan or a basketball fan or a hockey fan, the idea of having some sort of impediment on the field to get around is ludicrous. You know, for football stadiums or hockey stadiums or arenas or for uh, um, basketball courts, all you really need to do is just change the logo and there you go. It's, it's, you've got every single uh, uh, playing surface is exactly the same. Uh, but obviously in baseball, the dimensions are so wildly different and Houston is probably one of the most unique ones that we got. Uh, they've got the Crawford boxes in left field where the distance from home plate to the left field fence, meaning how far you have to hit a ball for a home run, 
is only 315 feet. A lazy fly ball is going to jump out of this ballpark. Uh, to give you a little bit of context to that, Wrigley Field, uh, their left field fences are 355 feet. They held 40 feet further from home plate. So Houston's got a really unique setup. Obviously, they got the, the, the short left field porch. They've got the deep center field with the hill and the flagpole. This is why the term home field advantage was created. You know, I don't understand why there's a such thing as home field advantage in any other sport. Because you know what? These days, pretty much any stadium is going to get loud and rowdy and crazy, especially during the playoffs. So, and most of these athletes, they can pretty much shake off noise. In fact, I would venture to guess that for a lot of these, you know, athletes, if you get to the playoffs and you enter into a completely silent stadium, that might jar the psyche a little bit more than getting used to basically screaming maniacs, uh, uh, heckling you the entire time. Uh, but I digress. Uh, the home field advantage here in Houston is something that sadly, at least for the time being, they're not really able to capitalize on because uh, this is the first season where they're playing American League ball. Major League Baseball now has an equal number of teams in both the American and National League. There's 15 in the American League and 15 in the National League. Now, that wreaked absolute chaos on my scheduling to do this actual tour, uh, but that's something we can get to a little bit later. What this does on the field, however, is put the Houston Astros at a severe disadvantage as they've been playing one type of baseball for their entire franchise history, and now they need to eliminate the pitcher position from the batting order and incorporate the designated hitter. So for the next couple of years, the Astros are going to be going through a little bit of a rough time. After meeting the fan base here, though, I do have faith in this organization to put this uh, team on the right track over the next X amount of years. It might take a little bit of time. You might need a little bit of patience, but you got a good fan base here in Houston, and I really actually enjoy your ownership. Now, if you could just you know open the roof every once in a while, I'd like you even more. But once again, I really need to stop with that. I apologize. Uh, during the game that I attended, I was able to speak with a lovely man named David, who is a Astros season ticket holder. Um, now, unfortunately, during this game, we watched the St. Louis Cardinals just annihilate the, the home team. But that gave David, uh, his son, and his son's girlfriend and I a little bit of an opportunity to chat. So I hope you enjoy my very brief interview with David and his family. And I'll see you back here right after. Enjoy. So I'm sitting here at Minute Maid Park, and the Cardinals are putting a whooping on the Astros. But I just met some uh, nice season ticket holders here, and I figured I'd, I'd chat with them a little bit. And you are? I'm David Dahl. David? Yep. Nice to meet you, David. So how long have you been a season ticket holder it's here? It's my first year. But you said you've been coming to the park for quite... The, yeah, we've been coming to the game since, gosh, 1989. So that so you experienced in the, in the Dome and now here at Minute Maid here, Park? Yes, both places. So what is your favorite memory of, let's just first start with uh, the Astrodome. Oh, the Astrodome was nice because of how big and round it was, and you had a lot more fans than you could hear. But this place is a lot nicer. It's smaller. When people didn't show up at the Astrodome, it was definitely a, a small park. Yeah, but, okay, so here's the thing that I'm a little bit annoyed with. I understand that it gets hot and it gets humid, but what is it about you Houstonians that can't really sit in the sun? Are you that delicate? No. We, would, we vote for roof being open. The owners vote for 80 degrees or higher, they close it. 
Yeah, that's absolutely ludicrous. I don't, I don't like that at we all. We both agree with that one. We go to football games where it's snowing, cold, it doesn't matter. We go to Green Bay, we go to Detroit. I don't care. Yeah, this doesn't feel like baseball weather to me. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, I don't like seeing baseball with a roof over my head. Absolutely. It absolutely doesn't make sense. I totally agree. So now that the Houston Astros have jumped over to the AL, have you seen, you know, now you're getting to see different teams here and yes. different experience. It's been years since I've seen Detroit play, which was a lot of fun. We opened up the season, I think, with the uh, Oakland A's. Great fun. We had a lot of fun that night. But it's nice to see teams we've never seen before. Yeah, no, absolutely. And now that you guys have a DH and it looks like, you know, you're, you're, you're having a rough inaugural season, but I think that over the next couple of years you'll be able to really bounce back. We have a real young team, and none of these guys get paid very much. We have a farm team that they feed a lot of people off of, but it, it, they're doing really good. They really are. They've come a long way. So what are uh, some of your favorite things to do here at Minimaid Park? Oh, just uh, people watch. Hang out, harass the players. <laughs> yeah, you got some pretty nice season tickets. We're sitting here uh, in the front row in uh, in uh, left in, in right field. That's right, right outfield. That's it. Yeah, we're pretty much right center. We're right next to the uh, Astros bullpen, and uh, you're only 20 feet away from the player. You can talk to him and tell him how you feel. And... No, absolutely. So, what is uh, your your favorite memory of of basically? Because this park opened in 2005. So, what is basically your favorite moment of coming to a game here live? Oh gosh, probably. Uh... Well, we've never won anything here, really, but the fireworks Friday nights are a lot of fun. That's about the biggest thing. Uh, I used to bring my dad here back when he was uh, still alive, and we used to sit way up in the top back before we had season tickets. And then I'd always try to get him to migrate down, but he was very stickler for paying for a seat. He'd sit in that seat. I said, no. <laughs> but back when we started coming, we'd migrate down and just pick our own seats and just sit where we wanted. That's the way to do it. So what made you decide to all of a sudden get the season tickets after all these years? Well, we've had season tickets for other things like hockey and basketball. We decided finally to go ahead and do it for the Astros because uh, we come to all the games anyway. We figure, why not? Okay. And then and we have the same seats every time. We know, we know people around us. Very nice. So, and, and, and we'll close with basically what is your favorite memory of being in any baseball stadium in your entire life? Ooh, Detroit Tigers back in 1970 with my dad. A long time ago. Yeah, and do you remember much about that? No, I was only 15. But uh, I was recovering from, motor from a motorcycle accident. My dad took me to a game there. At Old Tiger Stadium? Yes, at Old Tiger Stadium. And I just, that's when I really started, I really started to like baseball then. I was 15 years old. That's beautiful. Right, and then I'm going to quickly ask, so this is your son and his wife? No, his girlfriend. Girlfriend? Oh, I apologize. Don't want to jump the no, gun there. girlfriend. But... <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, your name is? Chris. Chris, and uh, your girlfriend's name? Christy. Oh, Chris and Christy. So uh, can you guys just briefly tell me what your favorite moments are here uh, at Minute Maid Park? Winning the national championship in 05. The, oh, winning the pennant in 05? Okay. And how about you, Christy? Um, taking the little boy to see the games. So that's fine. What's your name, little man? Connor. Connor. Who's your favorite player, Connor? Uh, do you have one? Or you like them all? You like them all? Oh, hold on one second. We just saw a Alan Craig home run. They are lighting them up. Sorry, one second. <laughs> there are quite a few Cardinals fans here at Minute Maid Park today. So your favorite player is all of them? All right, that's good. To hear. How old are you, buddy? Six. Very cool. All right, so real quick, it looks like you know this this game is a little bit out of hand. So, what do you think the the Astros need to do to you know kind of get back into it? Well, we've got a great pitching staff. We just need to get a better hitting staff. I, I don't understand why the guys can't seem to hit the ball, but I, they do everything else well. It's just committing to hit and. Uh, I don't know if it's they just don't pay the guys enough 
But we just can't keep the same. We just can't keep the upper guys with the Astros. Sure. No, they absolutely. Move on. They move on. Well, hopefully, you know, uh, your new GM, I think he says that you guys are on like a five-year plan or something yes. like that. So yes. let's all just be patient and hope. I mean, you've got a beautiful ballpark here. You know, I, 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 I hope you can fill it with some fans pretty soon here. Because oh, yeah, this is, it's, it's not really great to see how empty oh, this. Oh, no. this midweek, normally you go to other cities. Like I went to Seattle with my brother back seven years ago. And it's packed no matter how bad they play. All the time. But not here. And I just understand why the, the, the Houstonians don't come out. Yeah, and they can't complain about the weather because they close this no, damn door every, right. or roof every time. That's right. It's always 75 degrees in here no matter what. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. And welcome back. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed my brief little chat there with Dave and his family. There's a couple things that I wanted to bring up about what we discussed there. Uh, the first one, namely, being the fact that Yes, the stadium was uh, pretty empty, and the fans that were in attendance were mainly Cardinals fans. Uh, now, in most stadiums that you go to, there are a couple of different teams, the Cardinals, the Red Sox, the Yankees, that when they are the visiting team, their fans either travel very well, or more likely, there just seems to be a lot of Cardinals, Red Sox, and Yankees fans peppered throughout the country. So you're always going to have a higher percentage of those teams uh, represented in visiting ballparks. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it was almost 60-40 Cardinals fans, the Astros fans uh, in this stadium today. And there weren't that many people to begin with. Um, I believe there was, I, I think the the announced attendance was something like 19,000. If there were any more than 14 or 15, I would be pretty shocked. Um you know, and like Dave mentioned in the interview, there's absolutely no reason for them to not show up uh, because of weather. It's 75 and cool inside that ballpark pretty much every single day during the summer. Uh, the one thing that I did like is that he, along with several other fans that I talked to, were in agreement with me that the roof really needs to remain open. But it is ownership there that has, for whatever reason, decided in their infinite wisdom that it needs to remain shut. Um, what I really, though, enjoyed about talking to Dave there is that there does seem to be a little bit of patience for at least the true Astros fans. You know, there is some realistic expectations on what this team can do. Um, right now, the novelty of being in the American League is still relatively fresh. So the, for the first year or two, they'll be able to see ball clubs that they historically have never really been able to see. And... You know, they're going to get beaten up pretty badly. Uh, I mean, let's face it, their last couple of years in the National League, they weren't a very good ball club. So it's it's going to be rough going for them. Uh, but I like the fact that he was uh, patient. And it wasn't just Dave. There were several other fans that I talked to throughout the stadium that were very patient and, and understanding and realized that they're just along for the ride for now. And hopefully within the next four or five years, they'll be able to build up a farm system and take the St. Louis Cardinals model of just feeding their big league club with their minor league prospects because Houston is a relatively small market town. And, you know, to Dave's point in the interview there, you know, the reason why they can't hold on to the big name players, is they just at this point simply can't afford it. Uh, the contracts have gotten so ludicrously high that, you know, unless you've got an owner like um, Magic Johnson in L.A. and that uh, 
group over there or the Steinbrenners in New York or even the Illiches in Detroit who are willing to just spend money hand over fist, you've really got to rely on a strong farm system. So the, the general manager of the Astros seems to have a plan to build their farm system. And, you know, this is a ballpark that, if it is full, could be a really fun place to watch a game. Uh, I really, really do enjoy uh, this park quite a bit. We didn't talk too much about the Astrodome, which, by the way, I, I should mention, I believe that in that interview I um, erroneously stated that the uh, Minute Maid Park had opened in 2005. In my brain, I was referring to their NL pennant, and I just got things a little bit mixed up there. The Astrodome closed its doors in 1999 to the Houston Astros, and they moved over to Minute Maid Park, formerly known as Astros Field, before that Enron Field, and before that the ballpark at Union Station. So uh, I apologize for that. But the Astrodome, you know, was a expansive, gigantic field where there was no retractable roof. There was the dome overhead. And as Dave mentioned there, when the team wasn't playing well in that place, you really could tell. There's nothing worse than sitting inside a giant domed stadium and being able to hear a pin drop. Uh, at least here at Minute Maid Park, even the announced figure of 19,000 that were there uh, towards the end of the game, maybe 13, 14,000 people, you know, when uh, when the fans make some noise, you can absolutely hear it. You know, that's... Uh, eventually... This Astros team is going to turn it around. And when they do, this is going to be one of the most fun places in the country to watch a game. And that will bring us to the end of another episode of the Rounding Third podcast. As always, I want to thank Blake White for his amazing work on the theme song. I want to thank Icarus Ronan for helping me out with the web design. And I want to thank uh, Krishna Jain for making those photos I take look so pretty. I am now officially one-third done with this tour. I've seen 10 out of 30 stadiums. Next up is going to be the Rangers ballpark in Arlington. But, uh, yeah, this tour is moving fast. This has been a lot of fun so far, and I'm very glad that you guys are along for the ride. So thank you all for listening to another episode. And join me next time as I continue to round third, heading for home. Jane.